0: Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. You make me feel like I've been locked out of heaven. A mix of today's hits and hard to find favorites. Combined with the most entertaining and intriguing talk anywhere. This is your sound. This is the sound of Universal Broadcasting
1: Network at UPN Radio. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray.
0: Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360Karma.com. Happy to have you with us today. Hope you are following us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at My360Karma. And also, 360Karma.com, of course, is. uh, where you can find the events that we have coming up. We have events coming up to that will empower women and help fund female entrepreneurs, and that's kind of what we're all about, as you know. Today, as always, we have on an amazing woman. She's a philanthropist, an activist, and also um, an advocate Please give a warm welcome to Alison Gingold. Thank you for having me today. Oh, I you really bet. appreciate it. Hi, how are Hi, you? Good. I know we were trying to coordinate getting live on Facebook and, and all of a sudden we were on. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> um Anyway, I'm so happy to have you on today. You. I, I know Appreciate it's it. in your DNA because you were sharing with me that your dad, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Moran, Bill Moran, yeah, uh, was in, has been in radio many, many years, and right. uh, but this is your first appearance on this, a radio show. This so is my first one. So I'm excited. This I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, I want to talk about um, so many things with you. One is that you know we were talking about how a thousand people a day in the US alone mm-hmm. have cardiac arrest mm-hmm. and only ten percent survive. Actually less than that. Less than ten percent. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about that mm-hmm. and how it affected how it affected your family mm-hmm. and what you did to help make a change with this that could help prevent some of this. So this is huge, and I want to talk about that. But first, I think people want to know, you know, who is Allison? And, uh-huh. uh, you know, basically, uh, I know you were born here in Los Angeles. Right. Um, like many of our uh, listeners, you were adopted. Mm-hmm. And um, what what was that journey like? Uh, uh, you were sharing with me, obviously, you were adopted by a great family. Yeah, I
1: have a, have a great so, family in the Valley. I grew yeah. up in the San Fernando
0: Valley. Yeah. And
1: um, uh, a great family. Uh, middle America, Jewish family. Um, and uh, I mean, I always had known that I was adopted from, as a child, uh, mm-hmm. when I was a little, little kid. But um, when I was of age to go find out, I was in a, the time period of closed adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it changed in 73. Right. So um, you would have to advocate for yourself to find out if it was available for you to right. find out if uh, who your birth parents were. So I didn't go looking until, um, I was in college. Okay. And, um, and then my birth mother had already put in some information in my records. I was adopted from Vista Del Mar and, uh, yeah, so we were able to connect and, um, I, I still talk to her
0: today. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's great. And and so you, obviously you're so happy that you, you've got to find that out. I, I would think being adopted that that's a tough thing, not, not knowing who your mother is. So,
1: it well, I mean, been, really, my
0: parents are the ones who raised me, absolutely, for sure. But, yeah. I mean, there's
1: always questions about just, like, where did I come from? You right. know,
0: like, what was my
1: medical journey? where, yes. All those kinds of things, just, like, unanswered questions. Right. Um,
0: and that yeah. helped put some closure. Exactly. And,
1: yeah. And actually, it's, it's closure, and, and it creates, like, more openness because you're looking at all these other relatives and birth uh, people that you're related to. But um, but it definitely was a it was a really positive experience. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Something for other people to consider. Yeah, especially now that they have the, twenty uh, three and Me and the twenty three is uh, it's a funny thing. I think it can be very tricky to a lot of people. Yeah, um, oh. because
1: it opens up a big can of worms for people that might have not wanted to. Uh, disclose some of their private left. information, and, and uh, all of a sudden they're saying, Oh, look, you're related
0: to me. And then, yeah, opens you know, I haven't done it yet, but I'm gonna do it. I, I think I, it's I think. great. No, I think I, think you I don't should. know. I might find a whole nother tribe out there.
1: <laughs> we uh, might be related. <laughs>
0: you never know. Uh, anything is possible. So, um, so growing up here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, uh, I know you had shared with me initially you were going to school. College uh, in studying theater, right? To be an actress, right? The only one here in L.A., right? I know. <laughs> I know. I guess it's just something about growing up here that makes people want to be a part of the industry. Well, also because yeah.
1: my dad did an entertainment radio sure. show, yeah. Um, I was exposed to it a lot. He took me to every single possible theater production I could have ever wanted to go to, yeah. and um, it just—it was really—it was yeah. really deep inside. So yeah, I really I wanted that. to do that, but I vacillated because I also. Um, wanted to be a lawyer, I wanted to do something international. Yeah, I was going to say you took this. Yeah, big I really left turn. I really went back and forth and, yeah. and and then I switched my major and then um even after I graduated college, um I vacillated. I said, yeah. should I just, should I focus on theater or should I go to law school? So I there, went to law there's school.
0: There's a disparity. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you can, there's
1: a lot of, I think there's a lot you of laws of law and order. <laughs> I, actually, that was the big thing in that time period. Yeah, I, right. I really want, I'm like, I should just be on that show.
0: So, um, so But yeah. you decided to take the path of going to law school right. and becoming a lawyer. Right. Um, but then you were sharing with me that, you know, pretty much right after that, you started having your children right? and you've had three, four, four, four. four. Okay. So, okay. so four you were children. busy. Yeah. I was really busy. busy. Yeah. I had
1: three back to back. Yeah. And then, um, we waited like five years for, um, to have the fourth. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's, it's, she's a blessing. Oh, they're all blessings, but yeah. she, uh, she's wonderful. I love having like, an extra, an extra one. Yeah.
0: So. so you have four kids and, um, so, um, while you were raising those kids, I know you were already involved with Jewish Federation, mm-hmm. have been for
1: many like years, years yeah. many
0: years. I'm glad I, you said it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> and, yeah, since um, birth. <laughs> and... Um, you know, you've done a lot of great things there, working with the 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 women's segment of it, right? Right. You know, encouraging women to be more philanthropic, right? Well,
1: really encouraging them to say that, like, they have their own voice.
0: Yes. And um, like and that's that. always been a
1: big um a big proponent of mine. Yes. Is to ensure that everybody has a voice at the table. Yes. And so um, I realized that I could go for, forth and forward. Yeah. Being in the women's philanthropy campaign, and um, and I met the most amazing women and each of yeah. them have their own separate passions yeah. but all of us have um, the community value of having a strong uh, Jewish federation here in Los Angeles yeah. and um, I think that stronghold uh, allows all these other women to, to advocate for other other passions of theirs yeah
0: uh, and the federation we've had them on uh, the show and they do such amazing work and getting behind people and businesses and all kinds of well, they causes. really, they
1: really um They've really created strong ties with civic leaders, mm-hmm. and um, two of their tenants is um, civic engagement, uh, caring for Jews in need. And it's not just Jews in need; it's it's people across, in need. People in need. Yeah. So, um, and it's international. They're the, they're the first group that will come to hurricanes and earthquakes. When the Malibu fires, I mean, they already would yeah. get um, an emergency response out. So, um, I've been really proud of the work that we've done. So, yeah. it's great.
0: And I know you've been involved in other groups, uh, the um, Sam Initiative, which we love. Mindy right. F- Friedman's group that she gets women to put their money together so that it's more powerful to help nonprofits than you know single donations. Right. So well, that's when you're amazing. when you're doing
1: collaborative giving, it allows you to really make a marketable difference. Yes. Um. And you're do- and you're all doing it for the same. You all have- all of these women. And they come from different backgrounds, but they all want to have the same purpose of really making um, a mark on some of these um, groups that are really in need. So um, I'm really proud of that.
0: And then uh, there's no lack of things that you're doing here. (laughs) You've been the president of University Women at Mm -hmm. AJU, Mm -hmm. American Jewish University, um, where I was so fortunate to get to speak recently. Yeah, that was wonderful. great university. Thank you. and, And then also... Um, more recently, I think you told me you got involved with this women's collective about uh, women in, helping women in politics. Right. So yeah. um, in
1: response to how the election went, um, a lot of women um, had come together in Los Angeles and, and formed a women's collective, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Women's Collective. And that is putting um, not just our dollars and financial support, but our whole support to support uh, women candidates uh, here and and also across the nation. Oh, I love that. So and we've been really successful. Yeah. So um, some of those women now we they they just became into office. So yeah. it's really exciting.
0: I always say it's in my 360 Karma motto is about women helping women. Right. And there's nothing more powerful than women getting together with their minds and intent on something. Right. And they were intent and getting more women into office. And right. look what's happened. Oh,
1: it's, it's, just been, it's, it's phenomenal.
0: And look how many women are running for president. It's, how crazy, it's crazy and wonderful it, is it's this? It's crazy.
1: I mean, yeah. even I remember I remember growing up and, you know, those used to be those questions like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And people would say, I want to be president. But like you thought about being president, but that was like a small little wishful but now it's actually a reality.
0: It's pretty amazing. To- so, Allison, are you announcing you're running for president? <laughs> I am not. I am not. I was the other night uh, somewhere that uh, Marianne Williamson announced she's running right. for president. On Monday night. And uh, we actually are going to a fundraiser this weekend for Kamala Harris. Yeah. And I just say there can't be enough female presidential candidates. And they're really good ones. And it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's thrilling to see yeah. that they feel like they, they feel empowered enough. Yes. That they could have a voice, and that yeah. they could have, um, that they could actually make a difference yeah. uh, nationally and internationally. Yeah. Well, thanks to
0: things like the collective that you're involved in, yeah. you know, it really did take, I think, women supporting women mm-hmm. to get them to feel empowered like that. I also
1: think it was a catalyst yeah. that, um, when you see so much divisiveness, it had to hit a point of divisiveness yes. and disunity for people to say, this is not going to happen on my watch. Right. And I think also for moms that are raising, uh, there's a maternal instinct that like, you're not going to like do this to our children.
0: Right. And uh, isn't it great that our generation can make that impact uh, for the kids coming up? Yeah, You know, let's, let's leave that legacy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we, we created a, Got rid of the disparity uh, between men and women in in all fields, uh, including politics. So, uh, yeah, we'd like we'd like that to happen on our watch. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, shifting a little bit, uh, I want to talk about what we started the show with, which was about a thousand people a day in the U.S. have Mm -hmm. cardiac arrest. Oh my God. I think I'm going to cardiac arrest thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is like a st- <laughs> staggering. <laughs> uh, and only 10% survive. That's that's even scarier. Um, and apparently, you know, you had shared with me that your son, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, was in Israel and, and had a cardiac arrest. Right. And, thank goodness, survived it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let's talk about how and why he survived it and what you did as a result of this. So um, we
1: went on this amazing uh, journey to Israel for my daughter's uh, bat mitzvah Mm -hmm. in 2009, in June of 2009. And was this birthright? It was not birthright. This is just a familial trip. Um, we went with other families that uh-huh. are national uh, around the United States. Mm-hmm. Each of each of those families had a bar mitzvah age child. Gotcha. And so we didn't know them going on the trip and then we would go on tours every day. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, halfway through the trip. And um my son had not been feeling well and I really I just thought it was just like flu and mm-hmm. the the jet lag, the travel, he was fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think anything of it. Right. Um Obviously, if we would have been home in in L.A., I would have been having him rest, but there wasn't an opportunity for that. Sure. So the day of her bat mitzvah, we were um, in Masada. They all had their bat mitzvah up in Masada. And then later that day, after a very long journey through the desert, we were visiting all these desert uh, places. We um, ended up in Elat, which is the southernmost part, Mm -hmm. the beach community. And um, in the lobby of the hotel, he had... um, had sudden cardiac arrest Oh my
0: gosh. so it was really it was um it, it was, was quite this, surreal was what brought it on does he have any type no, of, no. Yes, no. he has know, no he has no yeah 14 years at 14 old. years old so um, but that stuff? happens yeah. no i mean
1: it can happen you could have a lot of a lot of people have genetic underlying sure problems and it doesn't yeah. sh- it doesn't manifest itself right um and sometimes um what ends up happening is it manifests itself as cardiac arrest and um and then that's it Because of certain circumstances where they don't have the the proper response.
0: So he was lucky. They had. Yeah, he's a blessing. Yeah. Somebody that. He's a walking miracle. So they had someone there that was able to. So um, we had a. There was a
1: doctor on our um, on our tour. One of the other families um, was a doctor and he immediately started CPR. But but um, what really got it in. And of course, I'm an advocate for CPR. um, But there was an AED in the lobby of the hotel. And, um, and what's an AED? An AED is an automatic, automated uh, external defibrillator. Okay. And, I um, mean, you see it on the TV yes. shows, for, yes. uh, on yes. the medical shows. And yeah. so um, so it was in the lobby of the hotel, and they had immediate response by the security guards at the hotel since it was in wow. the lobby. Wow. And so, I mean, they,
0: they came right away. And that saved his life. It did save his life, yeah. So because of this, you came back to the U.S., mm-hmm. And you started an affiliate of the cardiac arrest, so the Sun Cardiac Arrest Sudden, Foundation, Sudden Cardiac Arrest Foundation. That's correct. And worked with them to get these, well, AEDs actually, actually, Schools,
1: right? Um, when I can So when we were in Israel, we had honestly the the most amazing experience by the doctors. Mm-hmm. The, um, the staff at the hospital um, in Soroka, um, and, uh, but I always wanted to just get home to L.A. You know, yes, you just want to right. get home. Yes. And so after we finally had the approval, after many, many weeks of living there, um, we came home, and I was really surprised that – There wasn't an AED in every building, and nobody was trained in CPR. People were like in the 70s, but not anymore. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I was thinking like, oh, well, LA is like the premier medical premier like health advocates in California, and we aren't, or we weren't. Yes. So um, uh, I got involved with the Sudden Cardiac Arrest Foundation, just uh, because they have an amazing survivor network uh, program and a lot of uh, public uh, affairs uh, and accessibility on their education awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make a difference here in L.A. So um, the school as a private, private school that my children attend, uh, Brentwood School. They had already, while we were in Israel, they were so responsive. They were really amazing. And they had already purchased AEDs. Um, for wow. both campuses. Wow. And then they trained all of their um, staff and faculty.
0: Um, uh, and I and thought, CPR.
1: And CPR. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is so amazing. What a school I have. And then I thought, well, that is terrible. Like, how could it only be my school? Right. You know, like, what about everybody else's school? Right. So um, I started looking into that. Right. And I realized that there's it's not on the books. And there's no – it's uh, it wasn't um, a requirement. So I kind of started – not a kind of, I just started, um, making all of these connections. I mean, I have a lot of connections in because of all the philanthropy that I've done and the work that I've done through the Federation. And just because I have four children, I have a lot of different friends in different fields. And I just really started an email campaign and a phone campaign and a, uh, face to face campaign with everybody that I knew. And, um, it started uh, spiraling um, in a positive way, and then also um, Freddie uh, Rodriguez is a um, an assemblyman. He he had to sponsor the bill, and then the bill was to advocate to say that that high school students across California would have to be trained in CPR before wow. they graduated. Wow! So, so they passed the law. They passed the law. That's yeah. Fantastic. I went to Sacramento to to speak for it. And, um, but I had to get, it, it was one of those kinds of, um, you need to get, this person wants to hear that this person likes it. And this, right. it's one of those, yes. I'm not going to sign off on it unless this person does. Right. And then when I started having support from the LA city council, from Eric Garcetti, our mayor, who's just an amazing leader here in LA. Um, and, um, I had support from other people, uh, assemblymen then I had support from,
0: The board of. But what I love about this is one person can make a difference. One person can make a difference. So if you're out there and you have a cause, you know, you can do what Allison did and get these council people on board and get the mayor on board and make laws to implement these things. Uh, What about the AEDs? Are they.
1: So the AEDs are still. So there's. Each of these bills are their own subset. So there's going to be a bill for that, too? Yeah, so there's bills of a lot of things. There's bills um, that have have passed recently in the past couple years Mm -hmm. um, that I've advocated for that have to do with all the new buildings um, have to have an AED. I mean, it was already had, originally it had in certain health um, clubs, they have an AED. Do you know how many lives you've saved? So that's how, I mean, that's that's, that's what I wanted to do. I mean,
0: you know, talk about a legacy.
1: Right. Thank you. Well, yeah. I think it's just I mean, important. It's not just me. I mean, there's no, other parents that have been out there with right, me. Right, like, but those other it.
0: parents are out there with you because you started it, and that's great that they got behind you. And I can tell you know it's a lot of work to, like you said, get everybody on board. It's right. politics. It's politics. Uh, but uh, but it was a, it it's, a can, it's a kind it's of politics that like
1: I felt very um very positive because yeah. it wasn't like I was um I didn't have to to give anything negative and I wasn't trying to. To bend my
0: um, my beliefs, you know, I really think that that's what uh, we're here on the planet for. Right? Is uh, we we get like a download, mm-hmm. and it says this is what you need to do. And you either do it or you don't. Right. And so I think it's great. You got that download. You didn't just care about your child. You cared right. about all the children. Right. And, and you carried that torch. And well, I felt like we were really gift. blessed. We were blessed. And it, I felt and it was I, a responsibility
1: that, that like yeah. if I, I'm blessed, I would like everybody else to have that opportunity. And
0: I, and I see that lawyer in you. That's what, <laughs> I think that's what, you Yeah, know? it's coming
1: in handy. It came in handy, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, maybe the acting and the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's where they both came together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, I read another. interesting statistic that just blew me away and i happened to read it right after i spoke to you oddly enough yeah and it said one in 39 people will be assisted when they have a medical emergency on the street Mm -hmm. only one in 39 will a bystander help someone well that was part of who's in medical need that was part of why what i was how sad is this this is crazy well
1: Because, number one, it used to be um, mouth-to-mouth, and now it's hands-only. So people were very reticent, especially in the 80s when there was a lot of uh, diseases and they didn't know how they were um, transferring from one person to another. They were very reticent about putting their mouth on someone else's mouth, which is understandable. Yes, But but that was exactly what I was – when I would advocate for this bill is I said, you are training high school and middle school children who are very receptive still to wanting to – have community with other people mm-hmm. to create an adult community right. that would be much more apt to respond to someone right and if you get that ingrained in children younger mm-hmm. um, as an adult they're much more um, available to like one want to help right right they, they're not so scared about it
0: well you know um, I was gonna say that um, it, it, it you know, it just goes to show that anybody out there can can take some steps to make a difference. And mm-hmm. and I'm, I think it was very bold of you to, you know, really. I know it was a fight. I know it took yeah. a lot of energy. And well, I think of, it also for me. Yeah. I think the hardest part was just the beginning. Just to
1: yeah, just to really say my story out loud, which is yes. our family story out loud. Yes. It was really difficult for yeah. a long time. Right. I had to kind of share it and yes. share it and the personal journey to share what became a much tragedy more comfortable. Is the tragedy's hard, hard but yes, it wasn't really a tragedy at the end. It was right. a blessing. Yes. And um once I shared it enough times I was much more comfortable talking about it. Right. And um and then I was able to yeah. move forward with it.
0: Yeah. They always say there's a silver lining. Yeah. You know, so uh sorry that happened to Zach, but yeah. look at how many people it's affected. And yeah. you know, Marianne Williamson was saying the other day, the most important thing is educating and training our children. They Mm -hmm. are the future. And so if all the schools uh, start training people on CPR, Mm -hmm. maybe that one in 39 people who are helped by bystanders will increase and hopefully be the majority instead of such a bleak minority. So you know god willing look, yeah, I mean, yeah i mean what you've done is just started this ripple effect that could go across the country and well what, you when know. you know when i saw the success of how it how it went at the end
1: and it was it was a long time coming because even politically there's questions about how we're going to fund it, and yeah, like it, it's a lot more it's a lot more deeper political than I right. realized it would be at the beginning. Right. I thought it was a no brainer, right?
0: But um, and how did you fund it? Did you get donations or?
1: Um, well, they have to. They mm-hmm. each school district has to work it out. So whether they partner up with the their local fire department, mm. um, or EMTs or whatever. Um, or they put it, they set aside some of their money in the health uh, department, mm-hmm. you know, when they're allotting money for the schools. That's how they have to figure they it out. They have to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. But they have to make yeah. it a priority.
0: Well, thank you so much for being thank on you. and I sharing so your story. To to, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Thank you for uh, the great work you're doing. I hope Allison inspired you like she inspired me. So get out there and make a difference. We'll see you again next week, Wednesdays at noon. Make it a great week. Hugs and happiness.